This is the remix. Started off with Tyler Bischoff from ESPN Radio. Butler working, splits two defenders all the way to the rim. Layup is good. Gonzaga in its biggest tournament hole, and we played two and a half minutes down nine nothing to Baylor. The Las Vegas Journal Review. There's another shot from the top. And Butler drains another three. It barely rippled the net. He was three feet behind the arc, and he strokes the three. 53-39, Butler's got 16. Jared did a great job all day. I knew at some point we were up big because I was just like, we're scoring, they're not scoring. You know, everybody was hitting shots. It was like nobody's going to miss, but um, it's just electrifying, especially in that type of moment in a big game, you know, and, and everybody stepped up. Like, everybody was clicking on all cylinders. Like, that's, that's what it takes to win. Got a good old-fashioned ass-kicking tonight. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. So Baylor wins the national championship. The Grady household better fly its Baylor flag for a long time. Don't you take that down tonight. But the college basketball world over the last few days, aside from the Final Four national title game, has seen a lot of coaches get hired, and we're going to grade them. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jack Paddock! All right, the first head coaching hire that we will grade is San Jose State hiring Tim Miles. A plus D minus fail. <laughs> A plus D. Minus fail. Okay, let's start this off with the A plus. A plus. And I, I'm very uh, like yourself, very very um, uh, selfish uh, to a T when it comes to our business. And there's no one better for us to deal with this guy. And he is beyond great. So I'm very selfish. I'm like, all right, that guy back in the conference, even if it's just like for one conference call, he blows everyone away. There's some pretty good coaches in this conference. Craig Smith, Dutch was really good, but. This guy is so good with the media and our lives in terms of getting it, his tweeting. He tweets at halftime. This guy's the best. Okay, so they hired that guy, and I don't know how they got him. He wanted to back go back in, obviously, really good, uh, hard because to take this job, but he knows the conference. The D minus comes from D uh, minus. The job's a disaster. So as great as he is, <laughs> that's a high. Grade. I don't think he can. I don't think he can win there because D for disaster. That is just a terrible job, and it's so hard to win there. Uh, I'll go to your facilities argument. Zero facilities. They play in a high school gym. <laughs> so it's it's A for the for him and a D for the job. Fail. Didn't you put an F in there as well? No, just no, just fail. Uh, fail. I had to go oh. with D for disaster. D. Oh, I see what you did. Okay. Minus. So, first grade on this one, San Jose State gets an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. I am shocked they could hire somebody as good as Tim Miles. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Miles gets an F? F. Could he not have done better than this? Incomplete. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Well, he was in the New Mexico. I think he was in New Mexico before they hired Patino. 
I thought he should have been in the UNLV hunt. I don't think he was, but I thought he should have been. Uh, he knew the league really well. Um, what other jobs have opened around lately? He was always going to go down from Nebraska, right? You go up, you go down. So, yeah, I thought he could have done better. I don't know how many jobs are still open at kind of the mid-level range where he probably would have to come back into. So they did a really good job getting this guy, man. This is, for San Jose State, like you said, this is a home run. It's just I, I don't think either of us think he can win there. No, because I don't think either of us think anybody no. can win there. No, they didn't, no, exactly. No, it's a horrible uh, Next uh, grade, North Carolina hired Hubert Davis. B minus asterisk. B minus Asterisk. Because, okay, so played there in the family, knows the Carolina way, Carolina recruits itself, uh, will be very popular. All of that is really good for him. The only unknown is the, I guess, biggest unknown is he's never been a head coach. So um, you can't give it an A, but again, it's not hard to get kids to Carolina. He's going to get players. And he knows everything about the Carolina way. He'll be able to recruit really well, I think, because he'll speak on his history there. But I don't know. You know, no one knows how good a coach he'll be. So I don't think you can give it an A yet. I will give it a C. C. Simply because North Carolina is one of the three or four best jobs. You could argue North Carolina is the best job in college basketball, and it feels extremely underwhelming. Even though he played there, even though he's been an assistant there since, I think, 2012 under Roy Williams, it feels extremely underwhelming for one of the top three or four jobs in this co- uh, country to hire Hubert Davis off their bench, who has never been a head coach before. I loved the part, and I will give this an A minus. A minus. I was not still aware that they had this, but Roy Williams, I guess, made him the head coach of their JV team. And I really want to know if UNLV has a JV team. Oh, I know their managers used to play other teams' managers before. Oh, maybe that's their JV team. But I don't think they have a legitimate JV team. All right, next higher to grade is Oklahoma replacing Lon Kruger with Porter Mosier. C. C. Completely average because we don't know how he'll do now because he is absolutely taking a step up recruiting against some big-time people in that league. Um he had the two runs, uh, you know, the two sister gene runs, which at that school was great. But they've lost a lot of kids to the portal because when Lon left, some of their best players are already in the portal. And again, not so much the coach. I'm not going to say the coaching side of things, but you're talking about Scott Drew, Chris Beard, Bill Self, Bob Huggins. He is now, I mean, maybe he can sell it, but Kruger's different than him. And I just think this is going to be hard to recruit and compete with the guys he's about to compete with. Oklahoma gets an F. F. <laughs> You're not a Porter Moser fan. So Porter Moser's been a head coach for 17 seasons. He's been to the NCAA tournament twice in 17 seasons. He's had seven losing records in his 17 seasons. He's he's not really had very much success. He hasn't had many good teams. The, the one thing Porter Moser has done well is when he has had a good team, he goes far in the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 and Final Four. But again, he's never been to another NCAA tournament besides those two. So if you're Oklahoma, like, I get it. He's had two really good teams over the last four seasons that have done really well in the NCAA tournament. 
but that's it. Like that that's legitimately the bulk of his resume is under 500 or slightly above 500 seasons for average mid-major teams. I feel like if you're Oklahoma, you should be able to do better than Porter Mosier. So Oklahoma gets an F. F. By the way, we'll give Porter Mosier an A because he turned a. down UNLV and a couple a. years later he's got he's got Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So great job by him. A All right, next plus one. Pass. Also in no editorial, why do you think you have editorial freedom, Jared? You should not have editorial freedom on this. Nobody said any of those. Fail. Next one to grade is Utah State hiring Ryan Odom. I, I feel I'm saying this a lot today, but C. C. Um, I don't think uh, he's going to take Utah State as a 16 and beat Virginia like he did with UMBC. But when it comes to Utah State, it's all about, and it's all about this at most schools, but specifically Utah schools, because he's going to have to prove he can he can um, recruit LDS kids and can compete with Utah and BYU for those kids. I mean, it's just the way it is in Logan. I have no idea if he can do that. He's Dave Odom's son. He's been around the game forever. Obviously, we all know about UMBC beating Virginia. I get that. But more, as it, more so, much like with Porter Mosier, I think it's going to come down to recruiting. Utah State's a unique school to recruit to. And you usually have to go foreign like they did with Cada, um, or you have to really be in on, on LDS kids, and I don't know what, his, what he can do there. So I'm not going to give it any better or worse than a C until I kind of see if he can recruit to Logan, Utah, which is a unique place, and it's, it's not always easy to get kids go there. Yeah, so uh, I am going to grade this as an F. F. Because I think think Ryan Odom's go- not going to work at Utah State, and I don't even know if it's going to be Ryan Odom's fault, but if you look, Craig Smith comes in, and three years, two would have been three NCAA tournaments and the one not been canceled. Like, he was phenomenal. But the seven years before Craig Smith got there, Utah State was outside the top 100 in Ken Palm, did not make the NCAA tournament for seven straight seasons. Tim Duryea's three years there, they were um, one game under 500 in his three years there. I don't think you can win at Utah State very easily. I think what Craig Smith did there is an anomaly, and I think the expectations is that Utah State's going to be able to stay at that level where they're competing for Mountain West titles, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to well, fall back to being a middle-of-the-road Mountain West team. Yeah, they pl- they were pretty. They're really good under Stu Morrow for a long time, but again, he had connections into the LDS kids, and he got a lot of them to play there, and they were really good. Now, it was a lesser league under Stu Morrow. Stu Morrow. So that had a lot to do with it, too. Once they went to the Mountain West, like you said, until Craig Smith got there, they really didn't compete in the Mountain West. So, again, I'm with you on Ryan Odom. I have no idea anything about Ryan Odom except the one game he coached, and and he's Dave Odom's son when they beat Virginia. But you're right. It's a unique place, and it's hard to win there. Craig Smith did a really good job, and he deserved the bump up. I think he's a really good coach. But to win there like he did, that was pretty unique. All right, next grade is Texas Tech promoting Mark Adams to be their next head coach. Uh, B plus asterisk. B plus. Asterisk. If, in fact, like we've read, he has been completely in charge of them defensively and that he's the guy and he's the defensive guy, which I don't know. I mean, he was under Beard at Little Rock and now he was under Beard here. Then... You know, maybe it's a good choice. They've already had a few kids in the last 24 hours stay there because of the choice and not going to the portal. So if he can continue what Beard did. But again, Chris Beard's a terrific coach, and you never know when guys are promoted how much they really had to do with it. I mean, you can read it, and they can say it, 
But that also might be things they're saying to justify the hire. Oh, this guy was completely in charge of our defense. You know, kids will stay and play hard for him. I don't know, but I'm going to assume all of that's true, and I'll, I'll give him in, in the B asterisk range because I don't know yet how much he really had to do with Chris Beard's success. Uh, I have nothing to add because that's exactly what the grade I was going to give and the reason I was going to give for it. So the last one is Oregon State not hiring but giving Wayne Tinkle a four-year extension. A plus, pass plus. A plus, pass plus. Because this guy has coached for like 70 years and he deserves it. So you know what? Anytime a guy stays around that long and is in Corvallis, Oregon, and not only gets him to the NSA tournament, get but reaches the place they did, give that guy the extension. Got to be happy for a guy like that. Paid his dues. He's been around forever and good for him. I don't know. How good in the long-term Wayne Tinkle really is over his career. I don't know if Oregon State will never be back to the NCAA tournament, but good for him to get rewarded. Oh, this is where I thrive. Ed with the feel-good story, and I come in with yeah. the F. Yeah, what a F. shock. <laughs> Wayne Tinkle, what did they do? They went to the Elite Eight and what? Yeah. They had like they, they, He's had one winning record in the Pac-12 since he's good. been there. One. State. Ralph Miller, Ralph Miller walking through the door? Come on. Well, you, don't keep, you don't keep the guys around that oh, keep yes, losing in do. the Pac-12. Wayne that, seems like a really nice guy. That's wonderful. Yes. That doesn't. That's not how you hire college basketball coaches. Oh, oh no. he was really nice. You, yes. You hire him or you keep him because then the color or the, yeah, the play-by-play guy has to go Beavers coach Tinkle. And that will make people giggle. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't think Priorities. of that part. Priorities. I didn't think that part. All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs, and I'll tell you why UNLV's athletic department is really good. This sports update is brought to you by William Hill. For all your betting needs, William Hill has you covered. They even have live in-play wagering. For all the details, visit williamhill.us. Bischoff's Briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. So the UNLV Athletic Department is really good at most things. If you go down their current uh, seasons right now, UNLV Athletics is pretty much dominating across the board in the Mountain West and a couple of the teams that play over in the WAC because they have Mountain West or sports that are not sponsored by the Mountain West. But this athletic department won the championship uh, for the mountain or for the swimming and diving tournament for the men's side and for the women's side. They also won the Mountain West title for volleyball. Uh, they are currently tied for first in men's tennis. Granted, they're early in their season. The women's basketball team finished second in the Mountain West. Both the softball and baseball teams are currently second in the Mountain West. Women's tennis is tied for second. Women's soccer is in third place. Men's soccer lost uh, last night. They fell to fourth in the whack. But that's it. Those are all the sports that are going on right now, except for golf. And golf doesn't really have conference standings. They just play a tournament at the end of the year. So as far as sports that have standings, that's all there's been this season, aside from the two big ones. Men's basketball, 
and football. Men's basketball, they finished seventh in the conference. Football, they finished 12th in the conference. So if you took all the sports, if they were all weighted equally in terms of importance, in terms of revenue drawing, UNLV Athletics would be in great shape because they only have two teams that are bad. The rest of them are either competing for their respective championships or at least pretty close. But the ones that are important are the ones that aren't actually good. Now, throw on top of this being good at all the other sports, UNLV academics, I believe, are in their best spot ever as far as student-athletes go. I know they've had a record in terms of semesters in a row with 3.0 GPAs. So the academic side of UNLV, none of their programs are in APR trouble. All their kids seem to be on track to graduate. All their kids seem to be doing really, really well in school. So the academic side of this is really strong, too. So if we are judging UNLV athletics under Desiree Reed-Francois, how do we do that? How, like, what's the proper weight to give to things like academics and being good in sports that are less important and being really bad in the two sports that matter? How are we supposed to judge the athletic department when that's the case for this, uh, for UNLV? Who's judging it? We are. Sports Talk Radio. Then they haven't been very good because they're not very good at the sports we talk about most and the sports people most pay attention to. If you're you know, the athletic department, if you're parents of those kids, um, uh, you know, academic, they're doing really well in academics, they, they have for a while now, then they're going to judge it differently. But sports fans are going to judge it as not very good because the two main sports and really the two major sports that most people care about, they haven't been very good at. So, and they've done, I mean, her hires in the Olympic sports have been tremendous. Um, we had Don Sullivan on. Um, softball has improved each year. You've talked about the swimming and the soccer. But at the end of the day, and again, people know sports are going to not hear, hate to hear it. It's the reality of the situation. Sorry, we don't, you know, we don't have any dogs in the hunt here. We're, we just say what the truth is, and the facts are. It's about two major sports, and they haven't been any good at them. So that's just that's just the reality of the situation. I I think she would say that. I mean, I think she would laud the fact that they're good academically and they're really good in the other sports. You want to have a all around encompassing program where a lot of your teams compete. But when you're as bad at football as they've been, and they've been horrible. And you're as non-existent in basketball as they've been. They've been completely irrelevant since 2013. Then, to me, it's not successful. That's just the way it is. I mean, that's how the country's built on those two sports. That's where the money goes. Those sports are the ones that are supposed to generate money for your other sports. Swimming's not. I mean, they're great at swimming, but swimming's not putting money back in the athletic department, right? Not a lot of people are giving a ton of money for swimming. They're giving it for football and basketball. So that's that's just the reality of not just UNLV. It's the reality of college athletics. So let me ask you from a different perspective, um, and I, I don't think you know Keith Whitfield, the new president, but if you were the president, how much would you care about, hey, the basketball and football team are bad, but everything else in that department seems to be going extremely well? Well, he's a university president, so I would hope, like I said, in 2021, he understands what's important athletically. Um, again, it's it's great to have, yes, do you want everyone winning? Do you want an all-around you know, athletic department where you're successful. Of course, everyone wants that, but you're not, and I don't look, I don't know if they're ever getting into a P5. I have no idea about that. I'm just saying, you know, now they have the Legion. They love to think, I think one day they are, they throw a lot of things out there. You're not going near a P5 if you're this bad in the two major sports. Like you, there's, at this point, if I'm a P5, let's take the Pac-12. Why in the world would I want them if I can compete against them and beat them all the time and take all their good kids out of, out of Las Vegas? What, what do you offer? No, seriously. I mean, not to be funny or anything, what do you offer at Power 5 right now? Everyone has facilities. Everyone has, like, places they can play. 
this whole thing about like allegiant and it's a difference maker. Come on. You got to win at some point, especially in football, especially in football. They have been horrible in football forever. So I don't, you know, going back decades. So that gives you no leverage whatsoever And when you're talking like Power 5. And again, I'm going to put that to the side because I don't think they're going into Power 5. But if I'm the president, yeah, I'm looking at football and men's basketball. I, I just am. And if he's not, I think it's irresponsible, to be honest with you. So let me, let me ask you one more question on this. Is it fair to just say, give it time for football and basketball? That if you, again, if you look at everything else in the athletic department, it all seems to be going very well. Is it fair to say, hey, just give it time and football and basketball will be better? Well, I mean, they've always said that in football because what else haven't they done except give it time? And they haven't gotten any better. So, I mean, I don't even know what that means in football. But I'm saying um, under under Desiree and Francois, like if, if you were evaluating the athletic department and you said, okay, Everything's going well except football and basketball. These two things have not been good enough. But because everything else seems to be going well, if we simply give football and basketball enough time under Desiree Francois, those two things will also get to the point where they're good. Well, I think you have to, given how young and new the coaches are, right? I mean, and yes, do I help? I think, does that help the argument under her that, hey, look what we've done in these other sports. Look at the hires I've made in the sports. Of course. And plus, you have a football coach in his second year, you know, the half of the first year because of the pandemic. You have a brand new basketball coach. And here's the other thing. The, the basketball coach went 29-30. So he didn't do very well, but he's only there a couple years. And he went to a Big 12 job. Now, you can say he went back there because those were his friends and the AD hired his friend. But... You have a basketball coach now in his first year. You have to give it time. I mean, if, if you've got a football coach in his fifth year, and this is yet another failure of football coach, and Ostlerberger stayed three more years and they never won, then I think there's some discussions to be had. But they're so early in these ten years of these two sports. What else can you do but give it time? Yeah, and that and the interesting part on like timeline here for Desiree Reed Francois. She she's been here. What is this? Five years now. She's been at UNLV. So it's not like she's a new athletic director, but the two things that she's going to get judged on the most are football and basketball, and she's now staring at a first-year basketball coach and second-year football coach, even though she's been here for a significant amount of time. So it's, it's a fascinating timeline in that the higher she's made at the most important ones, we kind of are in a wait-and-see mode. Because listen, yeah, for Marcus Arroyo, if they oh, win four games next year, that's an unbelievable season. Like, that's a great job by Marcus Arroyo, but nobody's going to actually be that excited about a four-win season, right? No, nobody's no, going to be, no. like, you're not really changing the program. It's going to no. take, like, for Marcus Arroyo to work out, it's going to take at least, like, four or five years for it to be a significant difference of, oh, wow, they went to back-to-back bowl games, and they've actually sustained as a legitimate Mountain West team for a couple of years. And then for Kevin Kruger... Basketball, you can turn around a lot quicker. I think, you know, maybe not next year, but I think it's fair in year two to have genuine expectations of Kevin Kruger. But even still, that's two years from now, right? We're still yeah. talking about down the road. And so it's, it's just an interesting timeline on Desiree Francois for how are we judging her hires in the two most important sports? Oh, one's in his first year and one's in his second year, yeah. and we can't really judge them yet. No, you can't. It's It's way too early. You have to give it time, and... Look, if, if Marcus Arroyo in four or five years is back-to-back bowl games, he's probably leaving for a better job. That's and that's, that's what, true. But that's what you want, right? I mean, yeah. if he leaves for a better job, you're like, okay, look, if that guy's leaving for a better job, he turned what is a, 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 just a terrible – what has been a terrible program around, so he's gonna he deserves a better job if he can do that here. Again, 
nobody's done it in so long. It's even impossible to think it can be done, but it's now his opportunity to be the guy who can do that. I agree with you on Kevin. I mean, you get a few transfers that make a difference. We see that in college basketball every year where you get the right two or three transfers. You can be really good. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to her hires of those two major sports, it's way too early. You can't, there's no way you can make a determination at this point. Uh, Jared, so champions in volleyball, men's swimming and diving, women's swimming and diving, they're currently in first in men's tennis. Which one are you saying? UNLV is a blank school now. Which sport are you taking? I mean, of those, I can't go dance team. No, dance team doesn't exist. They're not in the athletic department. Darn. Because it was really nice to be like, well, we're more of a, like, you know, a dancing school. Um, I mean, I guess volleyball. All right. UNLV. Yeah. Volleyball yes. school. Coming up next, Jamison Welsh joins the show. What's up? Uh, Jimmy Butler is kind of half nude. No, I'm not. Get out of the way, man. I'm do my media. This is how I came in today. This is how I'm going out. That's crazy. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now is Jamison Wells. Follow him on Twitter at the Jamison Tuies in the Jamison. How are you this morning? Hey, Jameson. I'm doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me as always. Definitely appreciate it. Um, I got to ask you, what'd you think of the national championship game? If you had to draft one player from that game, who are you taking? Oh, I'm still taking Thug. Uh, I mean, that's still the best guy on the board. However, uh, David Mitchell and Butler had a going last night. Uh, you know, defensively. From three, like they really had it going, but Suggs is still the guy. Like if you're if you're picking the first pick for a franchise, like that's still the guy. Even though his handles need to get a little bit better and his jumper can improve, he's still the guy at pick. Uh, he had a hell of a tournament. Once he got in two early two early fouls, it really hurt Gonzaga's offense. Even though they still have to thirty, you know, thirty seven for the first half, they're normally a team that's above in the forties per half. So they were still below their normal average. Uh, but, yeah, Suggs is still the guy, though. But I'm not surprised at what happened. I saw UCLA have some success with their guards and their wings being able to drive past Gonzaga defenders on Saturday. So I wasn't really surprised at the outcome last night. Uh, okay, so a couple things on that. So I want to stay with Gonzaga for a second. Kispert is, you know, everyone's got him in mocks on a first-round pick. You know what was interesting, and I don't, I haven't seen this kid in many first-round uh, picks, if you if you can correct me, is, Drew, is Timmy. He looked – just lost against pick and roll last night. Like, can he play at the next level? Like, what is he at the next level? Well, I mean, he's going to have a chance to. Uh, I don't know if he's going to stick. He's going to have a chance to. Offensively, he's still good. You know, so that will give him door. Defensively, he is a piece of work. And that's the thing. If you're a big in today's game, if you can't move your feet and you can't know your assignments, then you're in trouble. Like, that's the one thing. Like, you are really, really – Tough, like because the big everyone runs pick and roll. Everyone needs your bigs in order to have a really good defense. Your bigs gotta be able to cover ground and make up space uh, for whatever type of defense scheme you're running. And if he can't do that, then he won't be able. He won't be able to yeah, be overseas. Uh, but offensively, he's good and he has some skills that will get him a chance. But defensively, is a big, big concern. Uh, Corey Kispert is absolutely getting drafted by like Charlotte or Indiana and will average eight points coming off their bench. And every now and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember him. That's his career, isn't it? Um, all right, I'll put it this way. I was higher on him. I've been watching him since his freshman year, and I've been kind of high on him. However, 
there are some glaring flaws for a guy at six seven six eight that I have. Now, I'm not saying he can't get better because he definitely can. He can shoot the ball very well. And this league, if you can shoot it well, you got a shot. But there's a lot of things he doesn't do well. One of them is defend. So if he's out there, I mean, we saw it last night. When those guards got him on isolation, he was dancing out there. He really didn't have a chance. The league is a lot worse than what happened last night. So if he can't hold his own defensively, don't know how he plays. But if he can shoot it, he'll get a shot. He'll definitely be able to stick. But in terms of playing and being a part of regular rotation, I don't see it unless he can figure it out defensively because he was really bad the last couple of games. Even when he was matched up with Johnny Zhujang on uh, Saturday, Johnny obviously was having a great game as well. That's probably going to elevate him almost to like a lottery pick situation from what the time that he had. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Kisler's going to be around for a while because he can shoot it. He, he was probably a first-round pick anyway, but how much money did Davion Mitchell make him in the last few weeks himself? Ooh, man, he, he's probably a lottery pick now. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's what, the one thing about the tournament that people don't realize is now when we've seen players have a good tournament and not really pan out, I mean, Nick Stoskis kind of comes to mind. But there's a, there's a lot of other players as well. But it goes both ways. Sometimes the tournament can elevate you to the point where then, now you are a lottery pick or now you are a top-five pick. Um, I can see him being a top 10 to 12 pick. It wouldn't surprise anyone. I think the first five spots are kind of solidified. After that, it's really about who you prefer. Uh, I think I do this every year where for three weeks during an NCAA tournament, I kind of stop paying attention to the NBA. Um, can you give us a quick breakdown on what the hell happened with Paul Pierce? Okay, so you got to remember, <laughs> ESPN is owned by Disney. It's not ESPN by themselves. They are owned by Disney. Disney has a certain type of image they like to uphold. Paul Pierce was on Instagram, and he was having a poker slash um, adult type of party in the background. And if you work for Disney, you really can't do that. And then he had to go on Instagram Live, which means that anyone, everyone who follows you can watch what you're doing, and it's real time. So you can't say it was Photoshopped or I was a lie. Like, no, he went on Instagram Live, and he had uh, some women in the background who were not in uh, the most, uh, let's say, professional of uh, well, so That's probably the wrong word. But they were not in a, uh, a work-friendly environment type of atmosphere and clothing. So, yeah, he is no longer with ESPN. Yeah, they uh well, I had to do some journalistic research and watch that a few times. It did not appear it did not it appeared two things. One, the women were enjoying themselves dancing and two, they were not in uh dress suits. Correct. Yes, you have okay. Walker. They were not in special dress code, so uh he was the only way ESPN, but he's made two hundred million dollars as a player plus <laughs> off the court stuff. He will probably wind up on Barstool or somewhere else, so he'll be okay. <laughs> he will get hired. Yes, I believe that yes. he will. All right, he'll um, get hired. I think the the most fascinating part for me about the looking at playoff races is the Lakers without Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing are falling in the West. First off, what what seed do you think they end up with ultimately when we get to the playoffs? So the funny part is this: it really depends on when they get their guys back. Because if they have, if they get both their guys back and they're healthy, if they have like twelve games to go or fourteen or fifteen games to go, they can run off. You know, they can go twelve and three or you know, 10 and two, whatever it might be. Cause that's how talented they are. And that's how good they are. Their defense hasn't really slipped. It's just been an offensive stall clip. Uh, they have an interesting game tonight versus Toronto slash Tampa, who is, is going to be out without Lowry with 
Al Van Bleet, and without another player of theirs, it's actually pretty good. However, they have Gary Trent Jr., who always kills Lakers, as well as Jakim and Ananobi. So it'll be a very good game tonight. I don't think they fall like eighth or anything like that. I could see them showing them like the sixth spot, which is tough because if you're the Clippers or if you're Denver or if you're Portland, if you're the third seed, that means you've had a pretty good year. But if you get Lakers in round one, you did something wrong. And it's probably not the best team to go up against, especially if Lakers healthy. I don't think they fall below six just based off of everything going on when it comes down to it. But if they do, it's tough. Like, if they get the seventh spot, Phoenix is two. That's a rough draw for Phoenix, man. Like, Phoenix is out of here in five, and they didn't do anything wrong. They got in the wrong place wrong time. Uh so, Rajon Rondo, now I guess they're giving a 10-day to Boogie, but with his body, who knows, have the Clippers improved themselves exponentially with this, especially with, with uh, Rajon, or are they kind of what you expected going here on out, the same team? So, they are the same team. They're a little bit more smarter. <laughs> I mean, whenever you add Rajon Rondo, <laughs> your, your basketball cue picks up, so that's a good thing. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins has been out here working out. I've seen a lot of the clips. I know of the people we've been working out with out here, and they do a pretty good job. So I do believe DeMarcus is going to be in good shape and ready to go when this number is called. I hope he's able to at least play. I mean, he's had a rough draw when it comes to injuries over the last several years. So I hope he's able to at least play and contribute. However, the Clippers' biggest issue is triple penetration from their point guards. They don't get enough guys that are able to get to the paint to make plays. Rajon Rondo's a great passer. Not a great guy to make plays off the bounce like that. He's going to make really good passes, but he can't really beat his defender off the dribble much anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Patrick Beverly is still out. However, Luke Kennard has been good for them recently. Terrence Mann has been good for them. We'll see. But I still don't like their playoff fortune. It's a jump shot, heavy shooting team, and they don't get easy baskets. That's always a red flag for me for a contending team. Uh, in the East, which of the big three teams do you think uh, is the one that will actually be in the NBA Finals? Uh, if Brooklyn's healthy, I have to go with Brooklyn. However, I have some issues with them. Um, you know, guys still aren't playing now. Harden's missing games with a hamstring strain. I think when you overwork guys, when you're telling guys, hey, go win us games by yourself, that wears down guys. That's not a good recipe for success. Uh, but if Brooklyn's healthy, Brooklyn's coming out the East. Like, they are – they have that much firepower. They're that good. However, I would not sleep on Philly, and I would not sleep on Milwaukee. But, uh, man, the firepower Brooklyn has is really, really tough to deal with if they're fully healthy. Is Zion the most improved player? No, no, no. That's not an award for him. So the, the most improved player should not go to a lottery pick, especially a weekly lottery pick. <laughs> that, 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 that shouldn't be the case. I, I saw- mean, I saw I saw something yesterday that actually put him in the conversation for whatever reason. No, no. If you're the number one pick, you're supposed to be good. You know, you're supposed to be good. Like that's that's the thing for me. For me, anyway, that, that that's where I come along at. Just based off of the fact that it's more of a situation that hey, you had some expectations. He wasn't really healthy last year, so for him to be doing this good, he's doing what he's supposed to do. So right. I don't put him in those kind of awards. He may. I don't think he'll make an all-NBA team, but he'll definitely be in the conversation for it. But he was an all-star, and he's going to be an all-star for a lot of years to come. So I don't think that award is for him. Uh, I do, I'm do. i curious what your thoughts are on the, the play-in tournament that we're going to see, where seven plays eight, nine plays ten, and ultimately two of those teams are going to get in. 
are are you actually going to be excited for those games or is that going to be more of wow i'm watching like the pacers and the knicks play to just get swept in the first round so out east no because i <laughs> yeah we don't hear we, we know we know what's coming why like, unfortunately the hornet who had, had a really good season up until their recent injuries their two best players uh they probably wouldn't have been in the play-in but they're probably going to be in the play-in now we really don't need to see anybody from 7 to 10 out east because we know what's going to happen. Those are, at most, five-game series versus whoever they line up against. Uh, so I'm not really concerned about that. The West is a little bit different because in the West you're going to have uh, – you're probably going to have the Spurs, probably going to have the Mavericks, probably going to have the Warriors, and you may have either the Lakers or the Grizzlies or something. Like you're going to have some different storylines. You're going you're gonna to see some stuff going on that are a little intriguing. The match is going to be a little bit, a little bit tighter. Now, I don't know, outside of the Lakers, I don't know if any team could actually upset someone in round one, technically. But at least you get some different storylines and the match is a little bit better. But again, those teams that are playing in the playing game for the most part, they're just there for like a speed bump reason. I'm looking at tackling double. I mean, they're, they're winning games eventually be a part of someone else's story. That's basically about it. Do you... Do you... Are you continually surprised, I guess, that Durant gets himself into issues with Twitter and now Rapport and, and what happened there? And, wh- I mean, maybe he just has too much time on his hands, but he, I don't know, five, six years ago with the MVP speech and all that, he seems just to, when he has time on his hands, to get himself into some issues. So Twitter is a very fascinating thing. This was the Instagram switch, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But Kevin Durant is, for as good as he is as a basketball player, he's great. You can make an argument that he's a top. 15 guys, you know, whatever. Like, it depends on your how you rank guys. He, for as talented as he is, he should not have these kind of beefs or situations. Like, he should not. Right. Uh, whatever he's insecure <laughs> about or whatever his issues are, it's kind of odd to me. Uh, but at the same time, it's his right. If he wants to go on Twitter and tweet, he can do that. And he has shown that. I like when he, he starts going back at people and trolls people. I think it's very funny because people act like he's not supposed to be on Twitter he can say and do whatever he wants. It's his phone. He pays his phone bill. He can do whatever he wants. My whole thing with the Rappaport issue is this. Do not screenshot DMs. Do not. That's a no-no. Right. Uh, right. We all DM people for various reasons. If you work in the media, you're DMing people. There's certain information that if it gets out, it would hurt a lot of different people, and it would change a lot of lives. And that can't happen. Right. Uh, I thought Rappaport crossed the line there, but that's something that cannot happen. It's one thing if it was a text thread. If you text your phone saying, hey, this, this, and that, cool. But you cannot screenshot and release the end. That, to me, Rappaport lost all my respect for that because that that's against the code. You, you don't do that. Well, he is Jameson Welsh. Again, follow him on Twitter at TheJameson. As always, we appreciate it, Jameson. Thanks, Jameson. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Great job. Oh. Don't screenshot DMs, Ed. You're not allowed yeah, to. Yeah, that was – I mean, Rappaport, I mean, I mean whatever. He's, he say whatever you want about him, but uh, – the the screenshot was you, you can't do that you can't call a guy out like that I just it it may I've said this time and time again I think Durant's one of the greatest and most insecure athletes we've ever seen in terms of being one of the greatest but also insecure and it just always surprises me he continues to just get in these weird social media things that it's like man you know I know you're hurt and you got some time on your hands but f- figure something else out it is it is strange I I thoroughly strange. enjoy it uh, yeah and yeah it's, but and it's just it's, weird as someone who like. I also do that. I'm just not one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the sport. Yeah. I kind of appreciate that one of the greatest players in NBA history does it, but it is still funny every time you're like, but, 
So what's Kevin Durant doing? But you wouldn't you wouldn't post DMs. Uh no. Screenshots no. of DMs, no, probably not. Not unless yeah, I probably not. All right. No. We're taking a break because Jared yelled at me too. By the way, guys, our Western Sydney Wanderers of the A-League in Australia, we got screwed this morning. We were playing Central Coast Mariners, who were in first place, had a 2-1 lead in the 83rd minute, and VAR gave Central Coast a ridiculous penalty. So we ended up drawing 2-2. That stinks. We've been hosed. They were playing we're, today? Uh, at 2 a.m. Uh, you missed it. Um, oh, man. They, so we are in fifth place. The top six go to the playoff. Um, we are still two points ahead of Sydney FC, uh, Stephen's favorite team. But they have two games in hand on us, so they can pass us rather easily if they win those extra games. This might be the only team that we could do a watch party somewhere and then roll into work afterwards. <laughs> yes, 2 a.m. Game ends at about 4 a.m. Um, yeah, we're on the air at 7, so... Absolutely. Why not? I mean, the drink specials are going to be kind of crazy. 2 a.m. drink specials. This could be a problem. <laughs> so that's our that's our Australian A-League update. We're still in a playoff spot. Still looking okay at the moment, but um, we're struggling a little bit, Ed. How mad are you going to be, Tyler, that you followed the lights for this long. They can't make the playoffs in a thing where 60% of the teams make the playoffs. You pick a random A-League team out of spite of our one Australian listener, and they make the playoffs in the first year. I'll be pumped if they make it. Now, 50% of the teams make it in Australia, so it's about the same bar to cross here. And at least four of these teams are just god-awful, so shouldn't be too worried about it. They should make it. They should be in. We'll see if they can actually win anything. You know who's not a uh, a fan of VAR is Heidi Fang. Why does Heidi Fang not well, like VAR? Because when we were doing the Raiders in London, we went to do a premiere story at West Ham, and the VR, VAR was involved, and it made the video much longer uh, with the players talking about it and how much they disagreed with it. And we're like, look, look, man, we're shooting this back to the states. Uh, it was a, it's just a, it's a story in the Premier League, and the fans here and how crazy they are. We don't want like we don't want like. Uh, you know, point by point, you know, explanations of, of, of how VAR screwed you today. So uh, neither of us were really happy with that uh, side story there. <laughs> also, we're going to have to explain VAR multiple well, times yeah. so, in yeah. this video. He's like, because he's like, you know, we're going to have to like define this. The people watching this back, most of the people watching this back in Vegas. I'm like, I know. So let's not talk about VAR. Let's not talk about what happened. And yet the players keep bringing it up. It's like, look, do you know we're from Vegas? We don't care about any of that. It's the biggest talking point. You guys got to bring it up. You guys should have done a whole story on how West Ham got screwed. No. That should have that been on the front page of yes. the RJ. Photoshop, West, just Photoshop them in Raiders uniforms. No yes. one will know the difference. <laughs> West Ham robbed by VAR, taking yes. Derek Carr's job next. Exactly. Oh, that'd be great. Like have the, the West Ham star in like a helmet. Is this guy next? Well, you know, I saw the front of the paper. Okay. Could VAR take Derek Carr's job <laughs> today in the RJ? Today like in the RJ. Yes, that's exactly Video what Heidi Fane. Oh, my God. I would – okay, so I've joked about this, and we do have our own voicemail line. I would need those voicemails, Ed. <laughs> well, Derek I would Carr, be, I have a few this week I'm going to pass on to you. 
Derek Carr one day is like, you know, I read VAR was coming for my job. Whoever that guy is, VAR. I saw, I saw no. that guy in the newspaper. He didn't read it. He did. You know, he yes. doesn't. He doesn't read yeah. anything because you guys don't read anything. Make stuff up. That's I don't read we anything. Do. We do make a lot of stuff. up. You know what? I just don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, got to keep caring, Ed. That's all that matters. As long as you keep caring. <laughs> You'll keep getting the newspaper delivered Who's and caring? seeing other quarterbacks on the front page. <laughs> when are you guys putting somebody else on the front page? When's Teddy Bridgewater? Put him on the front these page. These things oh, Teddy Bridgewater would be great. These things Who's take Adam time to Photoshop. Well, he hasn't yes. even gotten one done yet. <laughs> Get it together, Adam Hill. We need Teddy Bridgewater on the cover. And then Trey Lance and Mac Jones. We can do all the quarterbacks in the draft. Gardner Minshew, too. <laughs>